The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Victor Homeswana, the author of Africa Bounces Back with our Africa Business Report this evening. Our Africa Business Report, of course, is brought to you by SAA, the ones who fly SAA's growing route network, now flying to Blantyre, Lilongwe, Vic Falls, and Windhoek. Uh, Victor Homeswana with us this evening. Talk to me, please, about the uh, cross-border electric trains. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious me, the stuff I dream about. I was telling somebody earlier on this evening uh, about the fact that I actually saw a train on a transnet line this week carrying cargo, a very small train of about 10 carriages. And I was so excited I had to stop and take a look uh, because it's so rare. And here we've got East African high-speed electric trains going across borders. It's magic. I would have been excited to see those 10 carriages, Bruce, because coming out of the lockdown and the slow growth, anything, anything but anything, will make us feel, uh, make, make us believe again. This is going to be a 282-kilometer railway line, the second only of its kind that crosses a border from Tanzania into Burundi. So if you think about it, Burundi, Rwanda, Uganda are landlocked in that East African community, but Tanzania and Kenya are the ones with, with the route to sea. So it's one of those moving from inland. Remember, if you're coming from Burundi, you are able to go to the port of Dar es Salaam or any port in, 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 in Tanzania. But what is exciting is that it's the only second of its kind. The other one, the only other one, Bruce stretches, it's also in the East African or the Horn of Africa region. It's a 787 or so kilometer railway line from Addis Ababa to Djibouti, which which connects the the Ethiopian economy to the to the Red Sea. Is it, is it the Red Sea? Yeah, it's the Red Sea. And and it, it just shows you that the more and more you you look at this intra-Africa trade, it might not look like it's moving, but it is because if you have those two railway lines, both of them in the past ten years developed in the same region and all running into big billions of dollars in investments. The problem is, of course, the debt trap here, whether these railway lines will generate enough volume of traffic to be able to enable the government to repay. They got the, the, the SGR in Kenya is not doing very well from the point of view of repayment. But as long as it's the kind of infrastructure that is going to promote intra-Africa trade, Perhaps this one, because it's after the 2020 promulgation of the African continental free trade area, it could be a better deal, a better investment in terms of payback than the, the ones that came before. But to think is the only second electrical railway line that crosses a border in Africa is very encouraging because it shows there's the upside to build more. Absolutely. This is a tender stage, isn't it? Do they have sort of any ideas to who may very well pitch for the work? It certainly won't be transmit. <laughs> not no i would i wouldn't think transmit remember bruce we and i hate to say it but most of this funding comes from china and yeah. the chinese have a way of cutting a deal if they are giving you all that money they want to say uh, you know maybe we can talk about the operation of this because that's the way we can guarantee your ability to pay back because the, the continent is heavily indebted to china bruce and so it, i would imagine it gives china a bit of bargaining 
manpower and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will be looking at something down the operation stage of this to make sure that they, they, they maintain and then as you know they, they take everything and take it back to Beijing if you like because they're going to bring their own engineers they're going to bring their own just about everything up to include the rolling stock and then they will be guaranteed of payback and of course they will be able to expand their own influence on the continent of Africa. Yeah, I, I suspect you're absolutely right on that one. Uh, and then a Nigeria-Morocco gas pipeline. Again, it's part of a very vibrant part of the world, and it's great that Nigeria yeah. is looking uh, to, to beneficiate in terms of distribution its own raw materials into Morocco, which is a phenomenal African country. Yes, this is over 1,600 kilometers of a gas pipeline. So moving from Nigeria through those coastal countries, Guinea-Bissau, the Mauritanias, all the way to Morocco, which I didn't know. Um, I read in this article that it imports nearly 90% of its energy needs, and I, I, I just find it hard to believe. But this is a project, Bruce, that was discussed by the King of Morocco and former President Buhari of Nigeria in 2016, and the the crisis that resulted from the Russia situation jolted some of the, shall I say, dominant projects on the African continent into action. They are at what the engineers like to call the, what is it, front-end engineering design, which means they have done the feasibility study, but it's not yet the engineering procurement and construction stage. But at least they are moving. It's a multi-billion dollar project that's going to cut through 13 countries in total which means it will create a lot of opportunities. But the essence is that ability of Nigeria to export gas to Morocco and even into Europe. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And then um, Zimbabwe and debt. Help me out, Tara. We're getting mixed reports as to what's happening in Zim and how Zim is playing out. Um, Is this a a little, I don't know, a window of hope and opportunity for Zim? No, no. No, not quite. Not in in the sense that if you're over indebted, Bruce, any creditors coming together to say let's work out a plan to help you repay or restructure your debt, you you'll be heaving a sigh of relief. But it's the African Development Bank, as you know, is a leading investor in infrastructure in agriculture on the African continent, and they went there last year. The president went there last year of the African Development Bank, and God, former president of Mozambique. Joachim Chisano to lead the arrangements. It's not the only country, by the way, that's over-indebted to the point that it needs some restructuring of debt. Ghana was in a similar situation. They had a similar meeting in about oh, six months ago. And I think Zambia, if you remember the the IMF president coming to the continent and Kamala Harris and the Secretary of Treasury of the U.S., they are all prowling around looking for those over-indebted African countries to find a way of either cutting a deal that will re-establish their influence. But the African Development Bank is obviously trying to make sure that it does not, Zimbabwe doesn't default, because you saw the documentary about illegal exports of gold and all that. It's, that is the problem with the African continent. You borrow money sometimes, it should be money that could be put to good use, but you don't manage your processes, you don't control, and eventually that money is siphoned into the wrong hands, and you, you are indebted, but you don't have the infrastructure that you would have borrowed the money in the first place for. So, but the African Development Bank, I think, is playing the long game here. It knows that as long as it can help Zimbabwe to recover and eventually pay, it will be in a good space. But how long that will take, I do not know anymore with Zimbabwe.
Victor Khomeswana, thank you very much indeed. The author of a fabulous book called Africa Bounces Back uh, with our Africa Business Report. Yep, good news on East Africa's uh, cross-border electric trains. Let's dream, if we did a little dream if we could. Uh, and then uh, the Nigeria-Morocco gas pipeline across 13 different countries in North Africa. Zimbabwe, tragically, still can't get its ducks in a row.